This podcast is brought to you by Villanova University on iTunes U. Please visit us on itunes.villanova.edu. Well, good afternoon. My name is Ralph. I'm the Assistant Director of Student Development for Leadership Programs. Thrilled to be here with all of you this evening and uh, to welcome you to our second annual Spotlight on Leadership featuring an international hero and one of the friendliest leaders I have ever met in my entire life. And I've only known her for 10 minutes, Ms. Molly Mom. We're very grateful that so many of you are here today. Today's presentation is being co-sponsored by the Office of Student Development and the Center for Peace and Justice Education. Before we begin, I'd like to thank my director, Tom Logan, and Catherine Geddick for all of their hard work in putting this program together, and also the president of the university, Father Peter Donahue, for his support of all of our leadership initiatives on campus. We are very grateful. I'd also like to thank Dr. Sue Toten, uh, Dr. Toad is a professor of theology and coordinator of our partnership with Catholic Relief Services, and she has agreed to help facilitate our Q&A um, after a small presentation this afternoon. We do have a limited number of copies of Ms. Mom's book, The Road of Lost Innocence, available for purchase. You can take cash, credit card, or your wild card for $10. All the proceeds will benefit the Small Mom Foundation. And Ms. Mom has also agreed to sign books for about 15 minutes she'll have after the presentation and before dinner in uh, the corner of the Villanova room over here. So help yourself after the lecture and we'll sign. If you're attending on behalf of the class, make sure you sign on the sign-in sheets upon exiting the Villanova room. And finally, as you exit, several student representatives from our Catholic Relief Services Ambassadors group will be distributing information on ways to get involved after the lecture. If you're really interested in what Ms. Mom is discussing, there are plenty of opportunities for you to get involved in the community and uh, at the university in this, in this effort. As you may or may not know, a group of Villanova students recently returned from a winter break trip to Cambodia. They were thrilled to hear of Ms. Mom arriving, and I'm pleased to introduce one of our student leaders from the Cambodia trip, Mr. Sean Miller, who will introduce Ms. Mom this afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. As Ralph said, my name is Sean Miller, and I recently spent two and a half weeks in Cambodia as a part of the Villanova Service Break Trip Program. Prior to traveling to Cambodia, I had spent time in countries like Rwanda, South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Mozambique, and studied problems that those countries have faced and continue to face today. Things like genocide, apartheid, malaria, and HIV-AIDS. All of these issues are problems that we've been aware of for nearly 20 years, and therefore there's a lot of research and information about each issue. Prior to my experience in Cambodia, I had never been in a country where human sex trafficking was such a large and complex issue. But upon arriving in Cambodia, I heard so many people talk about how widespread the problem is there. Um, human sex trafficking is currently the fastest growing criminal industry in the world, yet we hear so little about here in the United States. It is one of those things that we've all heard and read about, but we do not fully understand what goes into the process of trafficking. Luckily, there are a few people out there like Somali Mom. A woman who has been a part of the human trafficking industry understands it, and most importantly, is doing everything she can to raise awareness to help prevent young girls from becoming victims of forced sex labor, both now and in the future. Somali Mom was sold into sex slavery when she was 12 years old and was brutally raped and tortured on a daily basis. Upon watching her best friend viciously murdered, she decided she would no longer hold her silence and escaped her captors, but she vowed to never forget those she left behind. She has dedicated her life to saving victims, building shelters, and empowering survivors to become agents of change. Somali estimates that she has touched the lives of over 7,000 victims. She has been recognized as a CNN hero, one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People, one of Fortune Magazine's Most Powerful Women, a Glamour Woman of the Year, recipient of the World Children's Prize, and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has honored her for her work. She has also participated in Davos activities, the Digital Life Design Conference, and the 2011 Newark Peace Summit, where she participated alongside the Dalai Lama. And now we would like to show a short video about the life and work of Somali Lama.
they force them to have sex. They hit them. They receive a lot of violence. I remember when I was young, I was sold into the brothel. I was forced to have sex. And I was raped. But I need the people to help me. I need the people, but nobody helped me. My name is Somali Mam, and my mission is to help the victim to take them out from the person. Many of them, they have HIV AIDS. Sometimes they cut themselves, sometimes they try to suicide. I just say to them, you have to painful. Everybody treat them to do so bad. Why you treat yourself bad? It's not your fault. My love is so dangerous. You face the police who are corrupted. You go in the court. Sometimes they are so corrupted. I have a lot of people trying to destroy me everywhere. They try, try. But I just want to say to them, no way. My organization, we have the counseling, we have all kinds of training, and saving, and blessing, and then giving them opportunity to work and then I feel like I have a new life. I was so upset before. It seems like everything was destroyed. Now I have a new life. I just want to give them love for me. It's what I need. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming the Somali mom to Villanova. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to see all of you here. My dream is to go to school. I can. And each time when I go, when I'm, when I'm going to school to see them, young people like you, <coughs> I'm so proud of you that you can go to school. I'm not jealous, which means you don't want to go to school too. But I have no time. No time. So <laughs> maybe next life, but I still have hope. You know, I just want to start. I'm not a hero. I'm just Somali, and still the same. And Somali is not even my name. Because I have been born without no name, no parents, no home, no food. And what I try to, to talk to the people, you know, rape and beating is my skin. It's hurt a few minutes. But what is remind me, hurt me, is mother. I remember one day I had been, the, the first day that I had been great. I don't know, my exactly maybe 12 or 11 or 10, I don't know. I had all this rave and I just want to bring it to my grandfather. I come back to home, he saw me all the blood. He just beat me. And I just feel that why me? Why I cannot talk to my mother? At the same time, I look at the, you know, I saw, because in Cambodia the house is, the village, the house is not closed. So you can see some kid, the only mother, they sleep, because in Cambodia we sleep together, right? In the family, we have a Cambodian family here, maybe. We all share the room and sleep together. I saw all these kids around the mother. I was so disappointed because I don't have my mother. So this day that I tried to to die, to commit suicide, I jumped, jumped up in the middle because I don't want to survive anymore. Like you know, I was grow up in the jungle and then I know how to swim. I know how to survive very well. So when I jump to make them, I know how to swim, so I'm not dying. <laughs> but I was so upset, I never forget this day. 
And then after I just went inside, but so wild outside. That's not easy. And then I did so so I spent 20, nearly twenty years in the brothel. I don't want to talk all this life. You have my books, you can research, you can but what I want to bring you is like sometimes when you face horrible life, you face very darkness thing. Don't fear, lose. Try to stand up. I know that a lot of my Cambodian people days. Even some of them is come and stay, but they have to survive very hungry too. And others survive. So what is Brussels look like in Cambodia? Luck inside. And then I never have idea about the daytime or nighttime. So my life died there. I have no connection because I'm a Canadian military. And then I don't speak my Cambodian. I hate the Cambodian people because they hate me. So I just I have no connection. And then one day I write a friend of mine. She's not a lot like me, back skin. She's like monkey like me, you know. And then so I have a lot of connection with her. Because she knew she's been so and so and so and so so her booty. She's very young, so she cannot so what if she tell me I cannot receive any client anymore. And then that is the next time that she behaving here in front of me. That is a day that for me I look at the buffalo now I think enough now. I need to run away to take a girl and carry. So this time, even right now, this time, did all of you thinking about human rights? Human rights here, for the country here, not in the hospital, not in the darkness, not in the victim. So, it's not easy for us to talking about you have rights. Right now you can escape from the brothel, but you might not. You know, when I was in the brothel, I, ne I never had idea to escape from the brothel. And you ask me why? Why? Why I had to escape? I have no parents. I have no hope. I have no mother. Who helped me? to escape from the brothel. Who gave me hope? Who loved me? Even even before when I was not yet in the brothel, you know, when I go to somebody else's house, they don't want me, they don't allow me to go to their house because I bring them a bad luck. Because my mother, she's known, she's ignorant. And because they're not getting married, and so I'm just you know, a kid who had been born with, I don't know, no one asking me to go to have it born. So at least in the brothel, I had some girl who we can share the story, share the same story. So this day I have been leave. Leave the brothel is not <coughs> leaving to have life right my life now. So just leaving and take the girl and kill them. So I was running home night. Right in the morning, I just realized after very angry. <coughs> I just realized where I'm going, where I'm going, who have me? I'm so lucky to have a man. So what thing that I want to share with you? Don't be scared to say hello or to ask the people in front of you when she or he got upset. I don't know, just say hello. So this day, if I don't have this man who helping me, I'm not here today, I'm not helping other. So he come to me and then he talk to me. He's Swiss, Sweden, Switzerland, Swiss, Swiss. And he speak to me. So he talked to me. First man who looked at me, he said, "You are so beautiful." <laughs> I was laughing because I was like, my hair is so long because I was in the brothel, no time for cut hair. And then he just told me, "Why don't you go to the hospital?" Because I was, my head was infecting me, my body was all very ugly. And I looked at him, why I had to go to a hospital? You know, I looked at him very crazy. 
but I'm crazy, but I look him very crazy because he asked me the question. So then we take time and then I talk to him, so he's the one helping me. So because of my life, I cannot, I cannot forget for what I do. I always feel very disappointed, no hope. But I can try to sacrifice my last life for my family adoption. Because I have, I know I know someone I know one of the family who adopted me. Not I don't know really adopted, but when I beaten by my grandfather and go to the house and they give me some food. And when I meet them, they are very poor. They have no food. So I just sacrifice my last life for them. So when I survive, I always survive for something. So today, you know where I stand? I have until active, somebody in my foundation. In each center we have 300, no, not in each, three center we have 300 girls. We <coughs> more than 7,000 girls have been saved, not by me, by my team. We have also in Vietnam and Laos. So what I want to share with you is about hope, is about forgiveness. I was always upset and very angry with everyone in front of me. I had it like 10 years in my body. I was so skinny because I hated people. When I sit near men, really people, I used to feel like maybe they are something. But not today. Today, you teach me how to be good, how to be great, how to love me. How it would you make me? And if you ask me where you learn from, I don't know. I learn from all of you instead, maybe. Because you, you give me love. Look at you. All of you are here, even some of you stand up. You come here just to hear my story. I know that you come, some of you come far away. And it's cold outside, right? <laughs> I'm doing because of my life. If I don't have this work, if I don't have this girl, I cannot survive. But you are here, and you're helping me, you're supporting us, <coughs> that you make our life change. So everything what I'm doing because of my life has, my life has very horrible. I just try to stand up, I recognize that I have been through many things. I never <coughs> if you ask me, I don't really. Now, if I don't have this life, I'm not here today. I cannot save many of my kids, my inspired kids, my hero kids. So I knew that some student was in Cambodia. It's so sad that they are not coming to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you next time, please, next time, Connect with us after you have seen all here, you have it more here. I want you to go and share your experience in the center. Talk to the girl. You will inspire them. They will inspire you. And then all you and them together that we can change the world. And one thing also I just want to share with you also, I was just talking in this in the in the class. Before you come to help me, I know that a lot of people ask money how I can help you. I want you to help yourself first. So what is help yourself first? I want you to be happy. Happy with what you are. How lucky you are here in state. You have parents, you have friends, you go to school. And sometimes something gets upsetting. You are very upset. And I saw you here, you are so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh my god, why are you stressed? I was on my team, you know, yesterday I had a meeting with my staff. Some of them said, they are so stressed, they said, oh, 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 calm down, I mean, I don't want to get bigger. <laughs> so, and then, I lived here like 20 years, I never talk, 20 years, I never laugh. So, my dad is it, I need to laugh. <laughs> Always, you know, every problem 
we can always solve it when you are free. But when you get nervous, how you can solve the problem? Tell me. When you get nervous, did you solve your problem? Nothing. When you have problems, someone you going to drink. You go drunk, and in the morning you get headache. <laughs> <laughs> Not help. Help. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> so just try to be time can manage, time can help. You know, my single day, every day in Cambodia, I face a lot of problems. But I always try to be happy. I try to be happy. And I try to show my girl. It's so important for me to be happy because I have to show my little girl, you know, in the center we have three years old girl who is so different. The younger one is three years old. Four, five, one of them, she's four years old, she lives so in the rotor, she got HIV eight, and she knew that one day she had to leave, she had to pass away. She's still going to school and happy and loving. So, we start what? First of all, we start to forgive. So, my life was, don't tell me about anything. My life was so horrible, so I tried to forgive everything. So forgive the people in front of you. It's not for them. It's for yourself. It's for yourself. And make the, make the people love it around you. Make the people whole. Make life easy. So when I write here, they ask me, somebody I do, I do what? You tell me? As you tired, you never say, no, 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 no. I'm just going to be with you. If you want to be nervous, we are all going to be nervous together. <laughs> if you want to love, you love me together. I make myself with you. <coughs> to be easy. Life. So that is life, life. So if you want to come and help us, I just want you, all of you, thinking about how lucky you are here. So 
I really want them to meet you. And you know, because last last two years we coming here, they were in, in boys' school, girls' school, and they were amazing, inspired them. They were so happy. And then talking about my work, my work you can go to the website, you can go to internet, and you can see everything. So everything done right now is not because of me; it was my team. I have very great team in state or in Cambodia itself. They do everything. They manage a lot of things. My work every day in Cambodia right now, just go to the brothel, save the girl, and be the girl. Try to talk to them, try to empower them to escape from the brothel. And empower the little baby who are the center, empower them to go to school. More than 10 years right now, I have my girl going to law school. She's studying law school. And one of them, she going, she want to be a doctor. So now she's graduated the school, and next year they have four girls graduated high school. And I have some. I have two girls last year. Right? Last year, two girls been invited by by Washington DC by the government for the leadership. So when I saw them, you know, that, but when we said that she was six years old, today she's twenty. She traveling alone. She's speaking like a bird all time. She was instead she. Made, She was in Washington. She make noise. <laughs> she make noise because after she leave, I receive a lot of email from her, from the people who meet her. And then that is hope. That is hope. And that is energy. So I know you will ask me, what did your energy come from? Come from them. And these kids are so brave and quirky. They never ask me anything. Anything I give them, they always happy. And they learn how to be happy for what they are. They learn how to forgive it. They learn how to hug. They learn how to. They learn everything. And today we have a foundation here. We have um, six people working in the United States, and you can keep connection with them. And then we have good project. We call project future. It's for the young people like you. You can get involved. I know that this month, this month, right? This month we have some group who going to Cambodia for the bike ride. So each of you can cannot do everything at the same time. Each of you can do one thing. Start right now. Don't start tomorrow. And start quite young as well. Because after I get, I get, I get to be hundred old. But we have this project is very good for all of you. So you can go to our website, sumani.org, and you can help. And I hope that it's not, you know, in the world where it's not just me. It's not just. And this is not just the foundation. We have a lot of great association who working in the field work, who are very good people that you can help them. And that is great experience for you and the young people. Start right now. Start to help the people in front of you. Start to be social. More you give, more you got. You give a lot of people, you got it. Right? Don't be scared to get to, to give. And I don't know if you have a question, and if I'm enough, and if you don't want to say anything, if you want to hear something, we can go directly to the question. Don't make me twenty minutes to last. I'm here for for you. If you have a question regarding to the victim and how to help them survive in the center, you can ask me. But don't ask me about the political in Cambodia because I never voted. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, I don't know. My mission is to help the girl and make them better life and love. So, already question. Miss Mom has agreed to uh, take questions from you. So there are three microphones. So can we ask you to line up and then she'll call on you. Nightly, you can also not there. I just want to I know that um, the sex trafficking is a very complex issue, and um, in half the sky, Benny Kristoff, he talked about how raids often are not successful. Um, what do you think 
is the first step, not the total solution, but the first step towards combating this problem and making it not continue in the future. So the first step, first of all, you have to learn about the trafficking. So pick up any information and then don't be scared. A lot of people, they are just, I know that a lot of people, they are like, it's so hidden, so you don't want to hear that, it's making me traumatize. They are all scared about this. How about about that they have been through? So just don't be scared and pick up. Start to pick up all the information if you want to know it well. And then you know what? What's happened in my country? What's happened here in the United States? It's not just Cambodia. Traffic is around the world. So being, I know that some of you will get the kid. Educate them. Being already, my own kid has been killing me. And so when it was I was educator, she knew it. She still had been kidnapping for the day. But because she knew it, she tried to fight. If she don't knew it, she had been trafficked to Thailand. Yeah, learn about that. Hi. Um, thank you so much for being here. I just feel really honored to be in your presence. Um, could you help us understand like what it looks like when you and your team go into a brothel and you say you rescue a girl? Because I can't imagine you walk in there and say, hi, we'd like to take her girl with us. Yeah. And they're like, okay. <laughs> I imagine um, it's a little bit more complex than that. If you could just kind of explain that process a little bit, I'd be grateful. Great. We have our team, we have all the networking. So we have the team, we call our team, which is most of the women working there as wives before. Like I told you myself, I still go into the brothel. First of all, trying to empower this girl to escape from their mind, because they are broken like mine, said before. Secondly, we have the peer education, which means like we meet some girl who's still in the brothel. She don't want to escape because she get old, because she get HIV AIDS, because she's drug educated, so she's our peer education. We identify them. They can work with us. So we have our team. They are like the watchdog. So when something happened in the brothel, example, recently, on July and August, on August, I had information from my team tell me from the pre-education, you know, the girl is the girl was in the brothel. She just called me, she said, I saw the Vietnamese girl, she was in the brothel, she's new. She's very new. Can you help? Can you help her? So I wasn't there, I was there. But I'm not going there as money. I'm just going there just thinking and you know, I I find my way to go. And then I meet her. I need a little girl. I have my iPad, you know, they don't know that many right now they know. iPad, I take her some picture. And then I come back to my office and I ask my investigation because I have, we have our own investigation. So with the picture, with the browser name, they know how to go. So they go back to the browsers, they identify. So of course she's Vietnamese. I understand Vietnamese, but I cannot speak. So our team speak Vietnamese. So he going to make investigation with her. They going is not as investigation, they going at the client, but no sex. No sex with the girl. So when they complain, they come back to me, they get tell me it's money. The brother is so big brother, we cannot accept her. It's good, it's it's a big. So it make me August, September, October. So I know it's not easy, but I tell myself, you know, I am crazy. You have to know that. I know it's impossible, but I tell them it's possible. They tell me impossible, it's possible. So I just going, going. So I meet with the leader of the police and with everyone. Because I want to say this girl, she's never lived in my mind. Because when I saw her, I remind all, it's remind all my girl. And then October, when I'm, when all the all the documents is finished, so we work close with the police. 
reaching seeing which police we work with. And then after we go back, that is what Nick Christoph had been so with me. So I tell him, so don't you, don't go with me, you lose your light. He tell me, we have been surviving very badly together. Just one minute different, he and I, we have kill us. So when we go with the police, saving the girl, and I feel like something happened, ten chance, I tell him, Nick, you have to go right now. We have to move in the car right now. He tells, and then he tweeted me. He said, Nick, look to me. Go ahead and rock her now. <laughs> so he said, I said, sorry, can I tweet? Me, you have, you're going to be here. And then he said, I'm tweeting. <laughs> so he came up on the car. It's like just one minute. Like we saw like two, three cars of the military in the border, like 75 military come across. He was so scared after. But that is Ababa. So Ababa is Chennai, you know, we have a lot, we have, in each province, we have our network, we have our people. It's not just about the staff, because we don't have a lot of staff, but we identify the girl who are in the process, who don't want to leave, and she's our partner, she can give us all information. It's okay. Hi, Ms. Mali. Hi, Thank you for being with us. You had mentioned Nick Krasov and some of your allies in different provinces that work with you, but you had mentioned earlier in the video about that there's a lot of corrupt officials and corrupt police. So who are your who are some of your allies? What organizations within Cambodia or internationally are the ones that help you the most? Um you know, we, after more than 10 years, we identify the good police that we can work with. So UNICEF has been set up, we call anti-trafficking police. They make very great job. And also we work with IGM, Mission, Justice Mission International, right? They based in, they are American, they based in Cambodia. We work with them and we work with, with a lot, with a lot of people. A poor actor. Yeah, a lot of children. The name is Cambodian name, so I can give you in English. <laughs> so we work a lot with them, but I tell you, we identify the group of the police who have been who have been um, helping my UNICEF, forming my UNICEF. And then these police, they learn. They are very good police. They are not very very good, but some of them are good. You know. Sometimes when you know that it's very corrupted and you walk away, how about the girl in the brothel? So they are corrupting, they are corrupting. I don't care, I have to push them to be done corrupted. So we have to be with them. So more than 10 years, right now the government they recognize our work and it's make the, the police aware of us too. You just be, you just want, you have work in Cambodia if you want to stay longer. You have to be non-political. So I never care about that. I just care about my girl. I never care about any political. If they are corrupted, I'm not working away from them. I'm going with them and try to make them out of corrupted. Try to see them, try to bring them the reality. So bring them to the center. Listen to the girl. So we were very close with UNAID in the program that we have 12 survivors who are going with this program with the police, military, talking about their life, sharing with the police. So, you know, you police in front of the little team, in front of the survivors talking about their own life. So some way you get them understand. But you need to have patience, compassion. So Molly, I'd like to introduce you to, I think it's six, Sisters of the Holy Rosary who are co-founders of a home for trafficked women in Philadelphia. I think Sister Tari would be their spokesman. The name of the, the institution is Dawn's Place. It is a place where judges, seeing that arrested prostitutes are not voluntarily prostitutes, have agreed to send the young women 
I think Sister Terry could tell you something about it, if she would, please. Please, can you share? Uh, we've committed ourselves to um, women who have been trafficked for commercial sex work. Uh, our women are older, they're not children, they're older women. And uh, it seems as if there are, there's more uh, happening in this country for children uh, than there are for the older women. So once a woman is 18, what happens to her? So they are the women that we are trying to help. Uh, we have two streams of women. We have internationally trafficked women and we have women, domestic women, that have come to us basically through the court system. No, not domestic violence. They have been prostituted um, and raped and all, all those But not, no, there are, there are facilities for domestic violence. There are facilities for women who have been abused, but there are not facilities for women that are now recognized and designated as having been trafficked. And that's what we're trying to attend to. <laughs> so please keep connecting because um, tomorrow I'm going to meet also survivor of sex trafficking in the United States and, and then randomly I just try to meet other survivor because you know what the survivor here is not the same than the survivor in our country. <coughs> in our country we have no time for thinking about ourselves. We just need to stand up. Working and fitting. So sometimes we need to encourage them here. I meet some survivor from Texas. We keep a lot of connection with them, and then maybe we can also empower the survivor to work here. With. Yeah. One of the things that we we really would like to address is uh, the root cause, and we're trying to work with try establishing the possibility of what they call a John School. For, people, for men who have been uh, prostituting women, that they have to recognize that their culpability, because it's the women that are punished. The women that wind up in prison and there's nothing once they get out of prison, so then they just get back in the same cycle. So uh, we'd like to look at the root cause of uh, right. trafficking and prostitution. In our foundation here in the United States, we have one of survivors who have been trafficked from France to stay, and she's working with us. So anything we can help you. I'm not guaranteed that I'm here because I go back to Cambodia, but if I'm here, I, you manage. So she's the one who, my boss, she managed me. <laughs> and I, if I can take them, that is great. Um, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about being a woman in Southeast Asia and holding, like, you're trying to make changes and you're working with officials, but, like, what are some problems you face as a woman in trying to make these? I don't understand. Can you please again? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My <laughs> it's okay. No, it's okay. Um, I was wondering if you can speak a little bit about being a woman, like, and being in a leadership position in Southeast Asia, like, how do you face any problems, especially being a woman? Is it even more difficult because you're a woman? Uh, I think you are Asian because you know it well. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, can you talk a little bit about how you, like, how, what are your solutions? Like, what do you, how do you combat facing discrimination as a woman? I'm not a woman like other women. I'm not like them. <laughs> Uh, you, have to, you have to know one thing. I, I am ethnic minority. I grew up in the jungle. So when I was in Cambodia, I had been so already in the brothel. I even, I never speak Cambodian language. So my first language is no, second is Muslim, and then third is Cambodia. So for me, you know, when I start, I start my NGO, I meet some women in Cambodia, of course, Cambodian Asia, they're very serious. They make themselves very serious. And it's not easy to connect with them. First of all, culture. So, I don't know, they hate, like, even military like me, they don't want to talk to, because I don't have education, because I'm not come from the big family. So it's a lot of very big um, discrimination. You know what? I never care. I don't care about 
When I'm going to talk to the woman, she doesn't talk to me, I'm going again, I talk to her again. If she doesn't talk, I talk again. I never care about who doesn't talk to me, who wants to talk to me or not. I just make my mission what I want to go. So when I start auditioning with my girl, I start to meet with the government woman official because I thinking that women have more emotional because we they, they are women, they're the baby and then you know I think that they are better understand. It's not easy, I tell you. It's not easy. So for me I don't I have a lot of connection with men too. With men are better than and then today they understand. But they understand because I have been recognized from the international but before that, never. And I tell you, when I had Queen of Spain going to Cambodia to meeting me, one of the women in the government they looked at me, you was in the brothel, why do you know the Queen of Spain? And the Queen of Spain tell her that I'm her best friend. So it's still very bad. So it's very hard for me. I have been recognized in international with the woman, I have a very good connection with the woman international, better than the woman in my own company. And then, two years, right, Miss Larry Clinton's going to Cambodia. She flew directly to my center. And she go, she have a speech, she says, Somali, she's my best friend. And then, you know, I was in state, they called me Somali. You best friend is Larry Clinton? I think, mm, yeah. And, and they tell me, why you don't tell me? I said, why I have to tell you? <laughs> so it is not easy. It is not easy. So right now, since Miss Terry Clinton, Miss Obama, Queen of Spain and December, we have Susan Sarandon was there and my friend was there, they are all like they are there. They are not actually for me, they are my best friend. Susan, she's my best everything. So I love her as Sudan. I'm not loving her because she's actress. When I know her, I never knew that she's actress. And then when they saw it, and they come back to me, I don't know, they come back to me, they want to be actress or not, but for me, I never make difference. You know, I'm going to, I have been invited by the White House. Next week, I have to meet with Obama. <laughs> for me, I never make everything difference. He's human, you are human. I'm happy to be with you here because I can be normal. I don't know how, how I'm going to be next <laughs> week <laughs> with Obama. I don't know. <laughs> but I know that his wife, she's very good. She, she was talking to me. She's very empowering. She's very good. So I never met, I never look at people top or down. Everyone, every single people in front of me, I respect them and I love them for what they are. Hi, um, you mentioned that there's sex trafficking in the United States. I was just wondering if you could tell us some more about that, like if you know of any regions that it's prevalent in, or even if there's like a certain time of the year that, you know, more women get trafficked than not. I think the best information, you have to go to TIP report, TIP project, you can go to the website. Because TIP report, they, I think they report on 68 countries, more than 60 countries. And they have all the clear who, which country are more traffic. I cannot give you, I'm sorry, but go into the TIP report. Because they work around, I'm just in Cambodia, Vietnam, and now, but I best really in Cambodia. Every single day we get in Cambodia. Sorry. I, I saw a report somewhere where they said Super Bowl Sunday is the most highly trafficked day of the year. So that's coming up this Sunday. Hi, hi Samala, thanks for being here. Um, I was just wondering, once the girls are removed from the brothel and brought to your center, how long like they're allowed to stay and what the like, recuperation process is? Great, good, good question. <laughs> you know, but we have three centers, we have two centers, it's called vocational training center. So when the girl they come to the center, some of them they can quit very fast. They can um, heal very fast. So it's one year to two years. 
And then they have the training, and we have psychology, we have counseling, we have everything in the center. My team, they're working very well, not me. We have also one center we call Kampung Jam Center, where you have to keep three, four, five years old kids. So for me, they are my kids, and they stay ever. They go to school. Some of them, they stay more than 10 years with me, otherwise they graduate high school. And then we have very specific um, program. So they go to school like everyone. And um, after school, we have also library, we have also English school, we have also computer training. At the same time, in Kampung Cham Center, what I learned from them, because my kids have been abused sexually. So of course, when they go to school, they have been they received to discriminate from the people in the village. So what they know they are very clever to integrate themselves to the society. So in the center we have you know we have like the building like three floor building, and then like in village in Cambodia is no computer no internet but we have it in our center. So we open for all the kids in the village come to the center. And then our kids teaching them. So our kids speak English better than them. So they teach them English. They teach them computer. We have also a library that we can read for them. So we have like 280 kids who come from, boy and girl, come from the village around, come to office to learn. So we have every, we have very busy schedule for this kid. But you have to go and see yourself better than I talk. Sorry, I just really like the microphone, I guess. Um, you very casually mentioned earlier that you just forgave the people that raped you, and, and I, I, I just, I'm having trouble sort of wrapping my brain around that. Um, what did that process of forgiveness look like for you? Like, how long did that take, and, and can you talk, can you speak it's to very long. Please? It's very long. It's very long. I think I have been here on, 2006, he said, I love you here. You are here so great. Okay, hi, how are you? Great and happy. And then, because I saw also, you know, reality in my work, I have been helping my men a lot. Like I told you, in my country, when I go to the rooms, I'm not going there. So I have also men helping me. And then on reality, it's not all bad men. We are so great men. So I have one guy, his name is Emmanuel Colino, he's French. And then when he comes to work with me, I hate him. And he hates me too, because I hate him. But he put me day by day, he's very young. He's 23, 23, 24. He just finished school. And then he put me, he teach me, he's, you know, he, he very, very passionate. And then after I know two guys in state, one is Nick Lam, one Jared, they are also quite young, 20, 23, 24, they were in Cambodia. And look at them, and I meet a lot of people. They are good. And then before when I like tell you, I sit with men, I just feel like very badly. And then after I realize that, you know, the Brussels owner are women. The clients are men. <coughs> If this time we just say yes, it's men's fault, and men say yes, it's women's fault, how we can resolve the problem? So men show me that they are good men. Women teaching me that they have been a good. So I don't know where, why, where, where. But after I have been here and I have, I have all the, all the friends, a lot, a lot of friends and men and women, both of them or lesbian or everything is going to come in my life. I, but it's process very long. But my girl, they are better than, better than me. Better than me because, you know, when we start at the center, it's very hard, it's very, it's very difficult. But day by day, we have students from abroad, we have the people, we have the visitor, we have a donor, we have who visited the, the, in the center, participate like with the girl, with the Bye Bye Project, who are a lot of them are men and young. They go to the center, they listen to the girl's story, they was crying, and then they also tell the story to the girl, and then they love the girl as their sister. 
And then I think everything is naturally. So now it's very naturally. You know, it's like when the new girl arrives, two weeks later, she's learned from older girl. We have already been modeled in the center, so give loving and give hugging and give like. So every single year when the student from Singapore going to the center like two weeks and share each other. We have also Texas student, and then we have which university where the state was Stanford going also to the center. So we have. So why do you men are so important role? with this work. Women cause, but it's problem altogether. And if you want to change men, you have to have men in your group, if you are clever. <laughs> so we have a lot of men now. So I was wondering what resources you have available for the health of the girls after you've heard them. What resources you have for the health? How do you handle their health? You said that a lot of them come out with HIV and AIDS. How do you handle those? I have my team. I have been a doctor. We have all the team working on, on, on that. And you know, I'm not a director of the program. We have the great director who have been educated. I'm not educated. I'm just a mother of the girl. So my work every day going to save the girl. <coughs> I know how to do it. Fighting in front of the Barcelona, I know how to do it. Run away from the girl, I know how to do it. But all management, I don't know how to do it. So we have very good management. And then we have Rigmore with the team here, so we have all the process. And then you can, Rigmore, maybe you can explain more about, about this work. She's better than me. <laughs> but we have all the system. I tell you, we have all the system. Every single people come to the center, they teach me. And they teach the staff, they empower the staff. <coughs> Hi, um, how are you? I was just wondering how you came up with the idea of a center. Did you just, was the goal to help the girl or was the goal to make this and then you help the girl and it was a working progress? Um, I talk <laughs> it really came by naturally. Like my life before, I was in the brothel. And then after I, I married with a guy that I never tell him that I love him and he know. And my is very pretty because I want to help order, but never have idea for the center. So when I'm with him, I always go to the brothel, talking to the girl, that's my life, you know, and I, I, I know how to do it. I cannot go in the market to buy something because I, first of all, I don't have money. Secondly, it's not interesting for me. So I'm going to the brothel and then day by day, I have, I have many girls come in my house. And then day by day, I know the people who are working too. So they helping me. So I know people from UNICEF, from um, the Children. So arrived one day, I had a very good in my house. And then at the same time, I had my baby. My husband is French. We have just one room in the house. Imagine you 12 people in my house. My husband get very upset with me. He said, we have to divorce. Or you leave or you take your girl out because we cannot survive it very good in my house and they are all crazy. <laughs> so they tell me, yeah, of course, they are very traumatized, they have drugs, so they pee everywhere, they, you know. And then I have the same time the baby and I have to cook for her, I have everything. And then I feel very sad because I don't want to get divorced and I want to have everything. I want to have the girl too. I have a guy, he was working with UNICEF and he know me, but he know me, but he don't know that I am prostituted in the brothel or I am who I am. But after when he knew that I'm just going there to help the girl and he tell me, okay, we can help you. So I have some friend, foreigner friend. So Robert is from the United States. He was working with Padet and John Anderson, she worked with seven children in UK. So she borrowed me the house. And Robert borrowed me some money, and I have some friend give me rice, and then I have some friend give me machine. And then I go back to the village and ask my mother adoption because she was also selling the brothel to her life. So she's a teacher. So I asked her to come to help me. At the same time, I have the sister adoptive. She had been beaten by her husband all the time, and her husband had another wife, so it's a good time for me to take her away, right? 
So she came with me, so we start like this. I know. I am not realized that we have to listen to her right now, you know. So we start really like, I do what I know how to do. And then after everyone teaches me. So it's kind of like this. It's not my idea. It's everyone's idea. And then one thing I want to share with you, every, everything in Afisi, in the Smalima Foundation, all the ideas come from the ground. It's made come from the victim, from the girl. So every year, two times a year, all the girls, they are together, three centers, and they make evaluation on our project, and they make recommendation to our association every single year. And December, the bike ride I tell you from Australia, from United States, they group all together and we collect the idea from the girl, what the girl wants us to do for them. So that is the idea from the girl. And then after with this idea we bring up, and we have the young people from Australia, from state, and help us to, you know, to manage how to be better. So with the girl idea and two ideas combined together, and we have also like some professional who go in there and then, you know, we have been also criticized for the good thing. And I always welcome for any criticize. So otherwise I write and why do you come to the center and help me to be better? I'm not perfect. Disaster I am. Nothing more can follow all of you to set all the ideas, set up all the ideas. So we are open in the center. We open any um, comments from you to help me do because what we want, we just want to help the, to save the girl to make them better lives. So if you want to make them better life, you have to follow a lot of ideas from the girl or from the people around you. So I never get scared to get them comments, critics and critics side from everyone. And help me to help me teach me to be better. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Villanova University on iTunes U. Please visit us on itunes.villanova.edu.